Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're back in the book of Luke, chapter 21. Um, We'll jump in and try to hit some high points of this of this chapter. The thing that sticks out to me, the first thing is um, the widow's offering. I think this to me is it just really gets me when I read it. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And then he saw poor widow put in two small copper coins. That'd be, you know, two little pennies. And this is the great temple, you know. <clears throat> These little copper coins didn't have anything come to compare to this great temple. And he said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than any of them. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. McGee says, you know, God doesn't really... Keep account of what you put in the offering. He's keeping account on what you're taking back with you, what you're keeping for yourself. And um, how blessed it is when you give abundantly to God, the God who gives abundantly to us. Verse 5, and some were speaking of of the temple and how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings. And he said, As for these things that you see, the days will come where there will be none left here, one stone upon the other that will not be thrown down. And they asked him, Teacher, when will these things be and what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And he said, See that you're not led astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, Do not be terrified, for these things must take place, but the end will not be at once. For he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes, and in various places famines and pestilences. There will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle it, therefore, in your minds, not to meditate beforehand how to answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom 
which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. <clears throat> the word of God is wisdom. You will be delivered <clears throat> up <clears throat> even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you will be put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake. McGee says, you're not going to win a popularity contest by being a Christian, a follower of Christ. But not a hair on your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. So God is saying, even though something may happen to you on earth, you will not perish. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its destruction, or excuse me, that its desolation has come near. And let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let those who are inside the city depart, and let not those who are out in the country enter it. For these are the days of vengeance to fulfill all that is written. Alas for women who are pregnant, and for those who are nursing infants in those days, for there will be great distress upon the earth and wrath against this people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among the nations, among all the nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Now, a little bit of a double meaning here, because in 70 A.D., um, Rome did, you know, lay siege on the city of Jerusalem and level it. And it was bad news. The people were, you know, the, the women were eating their babies inside because they had no food. <clears throat> but McGee says, you know, it's sort of a foreshadowing of when it's going to get really even worse than that before the return of Christ. And there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth, distress of nations and perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and foreboding of what is coming on the world, for the powers of heavens will be shaken. And they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. You can straighten up, raise your heads with hope. That, that My study Bible says it's a posture of hope and confidence. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree. Now the fig tree represents Israel, as McGee teaches. And all the trees, as soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourself and know that the summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. He says, look at the fig tree when it's blooming, getting ready to bloom. You, you know that summer's coming. <clears throat> Same thing with the nation Israel. When you see all these things happening to the nation Israel, you know <clears throat> it's a sign of the times. It's like a clock. It's like a seasonal calendar. It's like when a fig tree is getting ready to bloom, when Israel <clears throat> is being trampled like it is, it's like getting ready to bloom because the Lord is coming. It's going to restore the nation Israel. Verse 34, But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life. The cares of this life. How important that is. In other words, be on your guard. And don't get weighed down with the cares of this life. 
And that day will come upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth, but stay awake at all times, <clears throat> and praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and stand before the Son of Man. Pray. Stay awake. Be ready. And every day he was teaching in the temple, but at night he went out and lodged on the mount called Olive. And early in the morning, all the people came to him in the temple to hear him. Praying. Teaching. So, uh, I think this, this has just been a tremendous chapter here. It just shows us how important being ready, being prayerful, and being humble is. So, I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your teaching and your lesson today as well. And for me to all of you, as always, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ, and we'll see you here again next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Luke chapter 21, beginning at verse 1, all the way through to verse 28. We are now in the prophetic section of Luke's gospel. And this would normally correspond to the Olivet Discourse in the Gospels of Matthew and Mark that we looked at earlier. So scripture reads at Luke 21, verse 1, And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gift into the treasury. Verse 2, And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. So he said, Truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. Verse 4, For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God, but she out of the poverty, sorry, but she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood she had that she had so um compared to the wealth of the temple um her gift the poor widow the poor widow's gift it actually didn't amount to much because this temple was wealthy you know it was cast in like um precious stones and all so you know if you compare to what she gave it wasn't much and our lord doesn't measure are giving by this kind of um, thinking. So the, he actually measures our giving by not what we give, but by what you keep for yourself. So um, this is actually called grace giving. So how much are you keeping for yourself? It's not by how much you're actually giving. And this widow gave um, in abundance compared to um, what the wealthy were actually giving. So um, this is, um, you know, giving by grace, grace giving, where you give your all, you give until it hurts. Yeah, as I've heard other people actually um, say. Verse 5 goes on to read, Then as some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and donations, he said, so here, we now come to, you know, this Olivet Discourse version when he actually mentioned 
that this poor widow gave more than all of them. They actually said that, you know, look at what, look at the richness of the temple. You know, it's adorned in all these precious and valuable stones compared to um, what the poor widow who actually just gave very little, like um, a mite. So it's, um, you know, the little givers that actually are giving more because they are giving everything. So we are not measured by the, you know, by the tenth or by the percentage of what we give, but by the sacrifice that one's making. That's what we're measured by. That's what God looks at. So they actually called attention to the temple. They were saying, look at, you know, it's, it's, it's these big heavyweight givers who actually made this temple to look like this. And, you know, what can, like, um, what um, the 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 poor widow the two mites that she's given what can it um you know honestly do for the temple so verse six goes on to read these things which you see the days will come in which not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down so it's um it's in another connection that he actually um, made this statement. And the reaction was the same. So here, it's in a different context slightly compared to the book of Matthew and Mark. Verse 7 goes on to read. So they asked him, saying, Teacher, but when will these things be? And what sign will there be when these things are about to take place? So in Matthew and Mark's gospel... The emphasis is put upon the last two questions um, put to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's um, the first one. What is the sign of your coming? And the second question is, what is the sign of the end of the age? So the return of Christ is the important thing in the Gospel of Matthew. And in Luke, he emphasizes the destruction of Jerusalem. That is, when shall these things be, that is, you know, when will one stone not be on the other? Verse 8 reads, And he said, Take heed that you not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has drawn near. So this is part of the Olivet Discourse that we actually have in the book of Matthew. So the characteristics of the times, you know, would be the false Christs. And this is the feature of the end of the age. And this is also a feature that we have that, you know, we're currently living in right now. So it's been true ever since, you know, he was actually here. They were false messiahs in his day. And they actually, these false messiahs, you can actually tell because they like to draw attention to themselves and not to the person of Christ. So they talk about Christ a lot, but they actually do not give him the glory. They don't glorify him at all. Um, they are, you know, they take all the praise and, you know, um, they steal the thunder. They actually sell Christ for their, per, for their popularity. So these are, this is one of the telltale signs of that we're coming to the end of the age. Verse 9 goes on to read, but when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first, 
but the end will not come immediately. So war is actually another sign of the end of the age. Um, and usually when there is a war, you see a lot of prophets and uh, these messiahs pop up and all. And it's actually been true since, you know, World War Two. you know, all these prophets and doomsday, um, um, you know, prophets actually popped up. And this is what we tend to see today. We have a lot of prophets and messiahs today who are popping up and, you know, who tends to predict the end of the age um, and who, yeah, um, who actually um, falls. Verse 11 goes on to read, and there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. So this is another feature of the end of the age, and it's actually intensified more towards the end. Um, verse 12 goes on to read, but before all these things, there will be lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. So here he's actually talking about the nation Israel here in this instance. So the application here is for them, the nation Israel. It's um, another feature of the end of the age as well. So we'll also find that Christians were to be persecuted as well. So our Lord said, if the world hated me, it will hate you. So if you're a follower of Christ, you're a Christian, you won't be popular in this world today. You know, and it's, it's Christian values are, are not popular today. And people just tend to, you know, criticize and hate and... Um, you know, do all these um, terrible things to Christians today, in the world today. Verse 15 goes on to read, For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head shall be lost. By your patience possesses your souls. So here, this is specifically given for the 144,000 who will be um, indestructible during the time of the Great Tribulation period. Verse 20 goes on to read, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. So this actually took place in the days of Titus the Roman. That was in 70 AD when he actually came to Jerusalem and besieged the city and destroyed the temple that not one stone was left upon the other as Christ had actually spoken. So this is just a small picture of what will, you know, a miniature picture of what it's going to be like in the last days. The last days is going to be a hundred times more than this. Verse 21 goes on to read, Then let those who are in Jerusalem flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart and let her, let not those who are in the country enter her. 
So this actually took place in the days of, um, sorry, I already said that, sorry. So in that day, um, the idea was to actually get out of Jerusalem. That was in the day of Titus, uh, the Roman. It was to get out of Jerusalem because what happened in Jerusalem was fearful. It was sad. So they were actually dying like flies. Their bodies were being tossed over the wall. Mothers actually ate the flesh of their own children. And this is a picture of the last days. It happened once. And, um, you know, he said it would happen. And it actually happened. And it will happen again. He, when he mentioned this, it came to pass. And it's going to happen again. Verse 22 goes on to read, For these are the days of vengeance that all things which are written may be fulfilled. So it did happen. And um, all he actually had told them came to pass. You know, Titus, the Roman, put them into slavery. They actually built the great Colosseum in Rome. And, you know, they became slaves. Verse 23 goes on to read, But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days for there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people so it um it was this that actually happened you know everything that was said here came to pass verse 24 goes on to read and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations so they were scattered and jerusalem will be trampled by gentiles until the times of the gentiles are fulfilled so for 1900 years from the day that titus entered the city they have never been able to actually get the gentiles out of the city uh, out of jerusalem so they have um you know gentiles control the city even if they have taken the city uh, from them from that day, the Gentiles are still there in the city. Um, they still, like, in that holy land, um, you have, still have Gentile churches. You know, you get um, the Mosque of Omar, which is one of the biggest mosques in the world, is there. So the word of God is on point. It's accurate on this. Um, the times of the Gentiles has not yet been fulfilled. Verse 25 goes on to read, and there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, and sea, and the waves roaring. So um, this has reference to the last days before he actually returns to the earth. Verse 26, I'm going to read, Men's hearts failing them from fear, of the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken so what we are seeing today is not the fulfillment of this particular verse these people like to use this verse but it's nothing we haven't seen anything yet you know what's going to happen is going to be worse far worse than this and this hasn't actually entirely come to pass yet it's um, bad enough today. Yeah, we're facing a lot of challenges and all persecutions and all. It's bad enough, but the worst is actually yet to come. Verse 27. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud of power and great glory. So this is his return to the earth. So, you know, that's after he's taken his church. Yeah, he, he's going to take his church out of... Um, 
this world. That's um, during the rapture. Verse 28. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. So we should always be ready. Our redemption is near. It's actually coming. He will take his church out of this world. So we should always be ready and prepared as Christians. Verse 29 reads, Then he spoke to them uh, a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they are already budding, you will see and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till the thing till all things take place heaven and earth will pass away but my word will no means will by no means pass away so you actually here he gives this parable of the fig tree and the fig tree is, is a representation of the nation israel so they have always been a sign so you know when they return to their nation, that's the sign. You know, we're near the end times. You know, their, their present return right now is, is, not, is not like the fulfillment of prophecy because they have not returned to Christ. They've just you know, returned to the land and it's not all of them who've actually returned. It's just like a small uh, percentage of them. Verse 34 goes on to read, But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with caressing, drunkenness, and cares of this life and that day come on you unexpectedly so he actually gives a timely warning here it's here in scripture in view of his coming so don't let down your guard live for god you don't know the time and the day of his coming you know just live a worthy life live for god give out the word be in the will of god you know always be prepared as a child of God. Okay, dropping down to verse 36, it reads, Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So, um, you know, how are we actually going to be worthy? So it's by trusting Christ. Trust Christ, have faith in him. Let's look for God's grace. You know, he's always merciful in us and salvation is free. He's offered this to us. He saved us by, um, you know, by the blood that he shed on the cross. So let's be faithful to him and let's always be on our guard and pray without ceasing. Verse 38 goes on to read, Then early in the morning, all the people came to him in the temple to hear him. I mean, his message was powerful, very powerful. And if we had him in our times today, we would all like go and listen to him because he was, um, you know, he was the great teacher. He is still the greatest teacher. So this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening. And God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.